You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Security Sandbox. I'm Amanda Fennell, Chief Security Officer and Chief Information Officer at Relativity, where we help the legal and compliance world solve complex data problems securely. And that takes a lot of creativity. One of the best things about a sandbox is you can explore and try anything. When good tech meets well-trained, empowered employees, your business is more secure. This season, we're exploring ways to elevate the strongest link in your security chain, people, through a creative use of technology, process, and training. Grab your shovel and let's dig in. In today's episode, our sandbox heads across the globe for a special takeover episode by yours truly, Marcin Święty, and my colleague and security expert, Bartłomiej Czysz, for a dialed-in conversation with offensive security and pest-tester extraordinaire Julia Zard Ford on the intricacies of modern-day pen testing and how you can elevate the everyday skills of your team members to make them excel in offensive security techniques. So, in the words of Amanda, let's grab a Red Bull, pull up a seat, and let's dive in. So, it's very, very nice for me to host both of you because I've been working with you, Bart, for quite a while, and I've known you, Julio, for a couple of years now. And I know both of you uh, have offensive security techniques and skill set and, and the entire area dear to your hearts. Um, and I, I also know for sure that both of you have different perspectives. And actually, uh, let's start with that. So, Bart, um, let's start with maybe going directly to the chase, like cutting to the chase. Uh, what is a successful pen test? Sure. Uh, thanks, Martin. Uh, for me... Uh as a blue teamer, a successful pen test is the one that actually results in a improving a security posture of, of a company. Um, this is how I how my perspective looks like. I, I don't really care about, uh, for example, how far a pen test goes. Uh, are pen testers able to achieve the crown jewels, like uh, Active Directory domain admin? From my perspective, it's more important to actually make the security posture better uh, as a result of, of fantastic engagement. Cool, Bar. So uh, I think at the beginning, uh, we should also talk about pen tests because that's also might be a, something that we might understand differently. Uh, so for some of you, probably pen test might be just trying to get into the system, trying to verify what our defenses are, right? But for others, might be something much more, like looking at what you just said, Bart, uh, looking at the entire portfolio, entire process, like making sure that the company is more resilient to security threats and attacks. So, Julio, when we think about pen testing as a definition of what, what it actually is, how would you define it from your perspective? Yeah, um, I also like, agree like more or less to, to actually what, what Bart said. So... Actually, allow me just like to go back a little bit. So, like the the whole term of like pen testing and red teaming and so on, it has been changing a lot for like for the past uh, like twenty years or so. I remember so when I started working professionally with cybersecurity. So it's been a while now. I don't want to tell my age, but uh, but it's been like a little over like fifteen years. And I remember that back then the pen test was what a lot of people nowadays call uh, an adversary simulation. 
So even the term kept keeps changing. So a pen test before was like all means possible hacking to a company. There was no such thing as much of a scope or sort of like limitation. And then pen test became something more like a little bit more like an audit, you know, like a web application pen test, the mobile application pen test. And red team became the thing that, you know, like this adversarial simulation, this come and hack my my organization kind of thing. And nowadays, even red team is actually anything that's offensive security related. Uh, it's now being labeled or being under this big umbrella of um, of red team. So like, even the whole thing with terms and so on, uh, they are changing a bit. But um, yeah, like to, to actually answer the question, like I think what Bart just said, so the whole thing with success, I agree with him. It's actually uh, bringing value to... It's not the, the pen test just kind of, yeah, I hacked your company and here it is. But actually bringing value to, to the team to kind of, hey, these are the steps, these are the weaknesses, this is how we can improve. These are maybe uh, recurring patterns of vulnerability that we have seen. So this means that probably your team has to upskill with some training or maybe, you know, just go and look into your infrastructure uh, internally if these patterns of vulnerability are still there as well. And, and so on. Uh, so essentially, a successful pen test is the one that not necessarily just finds like uh, individual vulnerabilities alone, but you know it's like capable of clearly illustrating impact of those issues as a chain, not in isolation. And and more also importantly, if it catches uh, attention of senior leadership uh, to the needs of further investment in the security program as well, I think it's also super important for. Like a good pen test, like together, like not only helping the, the blue team, but also bringing uh, awareness of uh, of of more like senior leadership about yeah the good things the security team are doing. Oh, so this is uh, I I love that you both actually went a little bit further than just saying a pen test can be a simple scan from OpenVAS or other tools because I also seen that in my life that somebody called called that type of engagement uh, a penetration test. But you caught a very very important note, Julia, on making sure that um, higher parts of our companies, uh, decision making bodies or entities are also aware. So it brings awareness. Uh, I know that in our industry, there is always a saying that nothing brings better awareness to our decision makers than uh, a breach, right? Uh, we've seen that with multiple companies uh, with number of posting, job posting right after uh, a security security incident. Uh, but did you find, like both of you, uh, Bart and Julio, have you found a successful pen test to bring that awareness instead of a real-time and realistic breach that, that, that should have happened to bring that awareness to? Was that kind of the same vehicle or was it successful? So I, I believe uh, I did see that. Um, so in many cases, when, when you receive a report from a penetration test, you not only get the list of vulnerabilities, you, you get more of a list of priorities, what you should be focusing on. And it really helps uh, to like speed up some of the decisions made uh, by the leadership team. And, and it's it's very important. Actually, a report can be a huge leverage when you when you need a buy-in uh, to get some, uh, whether it be it uh, visibility, like buying some new tools uh, to increase visibility of your team, uh, of your security program. And, and, and I find that it actually is the case for, for many uh, penetration tests. 
Yeah, but Julio, uh, on, on the other hand, you are doing this commercially, right? Your, your company, um, Blaze, is, is, is doing an amazing job with, with offensive security efforts uh, across the globe. Uh, and you probably had uh, situations when you are handing over the report and you probably f you know, wonder how it's going to progress the security posture on the other end. Uh, do you ever have concerns that your work that you've put into your heart and time and, and, and focus and, and skills and, and amazing expertise uh, might just be a, a paper uh, that is, uh, is going to lay in the, in, in the drawer. Yeah, so it actually happens like more often than not, uh, unfortunately, actually, because um, I think that there are like two big drivers, right, when it comes to, uh, to cybersecurity, like in an organization. Maybe three, if you if you want to stretch it a bit. So one of them is actually um, the one that's the, the main drive is engineering. So I think that's what you guys are doing at Relativity. That you do have a strong like pro, like security program, like a product security team, and so on. And then a lot of the engineering is driving security and and vice versa. And but I would say that from a commercial standpoint. Unfortunately, in my opinion at least, uh, a lot of the driver is actually uh, compliance, especially with uh, SOC 2 becoming very ubiquitous across like Europe and the States and, and other regulations like GDPR and so on that are kind of pushing uh, organizations into like performing more sort of like assurance, cybersecurity assurance services like such, such as penetration testing. Um, and a lot of it is actually driven by compliance, and a lot of the compliance ones is just a kind of a, a tick box. They just want to check that box, and then please the the auditor, uh, whatever it comes, and they don't really care so much whether the results are good or not. Sometimes they actually care the results because they want to look good in front of a business partner. Like for example, when you have to do uh, third party security assessments, and uh, so there is also. Sometimes when they actually care about uh, what, what those results are going to be, but unfortunately, I would say that half the time people just want that paper, they just want that rubber stamp from an auditor, and and, and off you go. And and this is kind of like a bummer in, in many in many aspects. But um, one of the things that I have seen that actually brings a lot of awareness and actually changes things, uh, it was that. A couple of times when we were actually hired by internal audit teams, internal audit they usually have the the ears of the board of the C levels, and depending on 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 the results and how you also not just the results, not just like you know uh, a series of vulnerabilities there, but kind of the whole storytelling, the whole um, you know like proper illustration of the impact, and I have seen changes like serious changes like within a year. A lot of things have changed. A lot of uh, extra budget appeared for the security teams. Some of the right tooling uh, in place. Some of the right mitigations in place. And but I think internal audit is a very powerful driver to actually change things. In many cases, you have uh, security leaders trying to speak uh, with the same loud voice to the board, uh, and in many cases not really heard. But when the chief auditor comes out like, hey, these are the cyber risks that we're exposed to. Uh, in many cases, CFO has the buy-in as well. And that really, it's a very powerful change, like far more than sometimes 
uh, this going via the route of CISO and uh, the security team. Thanks, really. This is so. This is something very interesting that you touched. So it seems like uh, in order for for a pen test to be successful, you also need to have a strong partner on the other end, right? Uh, so it's not only how how well we we perform the pen test as a as a you know pen testers or offensive security experts, but also we need to have the partner on the other end to take take the results and run with it, right? Um, so let's talk talk about uh, the human factor of both of those uh, sides. Um, how would you tell Julio um, what is the best composition of skills that you you would be looking for if you would be selecting your Pentas team to you know a certain engagement? What you'd be looking for? Mm, that's uh, that's a good one. That that's a pr- uh, pretty good question. So um, it, it really kind of it, it it depends. So it, it really depends on. What the scope of the engagement will be like. So, what are the, the actual needs of, of the customer? So, for example, uh, if a customer comes and say, like, "Oh, we have like a new a consumer mobile app that we want to to release to the market," it actually makes it would make no sense to get like a very good guy with Active Director in it, you know. So, finding understanding the needs of the client, sitting together to figure out what the scope is like, uh, what track modeling is like. And then okay, I'll figure out like who like within the team actually has these proper skills. I think this is the best way to uh, to do it. Not every time is possible, but what we always try to like. For instance, we're getting like a lot more and more uh, requests of like people performing like Web three kind of. They want like Web three type of like pen testing and like block, things related to blockchain and so on. Uh, and not everybody's yet well versed with this with this technology, so you really have to find uh, the right group for that. Like, makes no sense to just get, you know, a guy who is good at pen testing of, you know, like networks, or like a Windows or a Mac. Even just makes absolutely no sense for for that kind of um, scope. So that's basically understand the need and figure out who's the best for the job. Uh, and I have very controversial question. Um, I will transfer to you, Bart, in in a minute. But Julio, uh, this is this is a very something that that is dear to my heart. Do you feel a pen tester needs to be uh, good at client interfacing activities? Is it a in, internally important part of the job? No, definitely. Like in the end of the day, this is actually what I try to tell my team. Uh, I think not everybody hears, but but at the end of the day. Um, this is professional services, just like anything else. This is like accounting or just like like being a lawyer or just like really like anything else. This is like consulting more than more than anything else. Um, it's true that some some guys uh, they want to you know be like left alone, like with the hoodies in the basement doing their thing, and that's fine. But in the end of the day, I, I would say that people that truly progress in their careers are the ones that are. Not only technically capable and, and gifted, but also the ones that put effort to be good at client facing. And I think, but but this is actually tough to learn. Um, I know um, some, some. I have seen like some companies uh, that have got like, for instance, got their guys, their geeks, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna get all of you guys into becoming like proper consultants. So actually, paying training for them to become, uh, you know, to know how to speak in public, how to interface with clients and things like that. And I think it might work. Um, 
but but I truly believe that yeah, if you want to properly progress in a career, knowing how to write really well, write good reports, explain things properly, and be client facing, or at least try to make an effort, uh, it's actually super super important in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more, uh, Julio. Uh, I, I remember my my, my days at, at penetration testing uh, for a number of different industries, and this is something that I. Th- I thought is is going to be the side part of my job, the the client part. But also, you know, over over a couple of years in in that industry, uh, I really felt like the contents are are important. The technical side is important. Like that's the meat. But how you handle the meat, how you provide it, and how you describe what what's in there, what's 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 it about, it's even more important. Uh, because in, eventually, you want to, to for for them to find a value in what you what you just did with the pen test. Okay, so Bart, uh, going to you, and, and you probably know the reason why. You are our blue team um, expert. That's how you also introduce yourself to this, to this podcast. But uh, you also know that um, we are kind of savvy on, on making sure that our blue team is staying on top of the red side of things. And um, do you believe this is, like, the offensive side is... Is helping in becoming the true defender of our fortress? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I, I believe like uh, I believe in you know, every security team or every security program should have at least one person that is very offensive security forward. Uh, and I believe that whether it's a fully whether your responsibilities are fully blue team, like you work in a SOC. Uh, or, or you're a forensic analyst or you're an incident responder, you have to know the basics of offensive security because as a defender, you can't defend against something that you don't know nothing about. So definitely I agree that it's very important to have these skills or at least have an idea of uh, what an offensive security or an adversary can do to your organization. It, it is very, it's like crucial. So, so how do you keep up with you know this evolving? It's it's industry on its own, right? Uh, pen testing and security field. It's it's huge enough that you can spend literally entire career and and still still needing more and craving for more. So, th- how do you make sure that you and your team keep up with the evolving threat landscape? Uh, pay attention to all the available threat intelligence. Uh, see what's used in the wild. What uh, the new techniques are, and try to emulate them in your environment. Uh, so it's kind of an internal red team assessment or internal adversary assessment, or so-called adversary emulation. I think it's a great way to not only improve your skill set, like offensive security skill set, but it's one of the best ways to improve your uh, defensive posture. You know exactly what. Uh, visibility you're going to have whenever a true adversary attacks your organization. And an adversary attacking your organization is it's, it's not a question if it happens, but when it happens. So you have to stay on top. And do you feel like there is difference in what you would get uh, skill-wise uh, from people that are commercially focused on, on penetration testing versus uh, the internal, you know, cyber slash pen test slash purple slash offensive focused person? Um, definitely. Uh, mainly because when you do these internal assessments, 
you're missing the you can't get very like uh, objective so whenever you you take someone from like like an external person uh, they have this very fresh perspective and they look at uh, your environment in a very different way uh, and this is this is i believe also required if you want to uh, improve your uh, posture and um, yeah it, it it feels like creativeness with that is is, is important, right? Uh, being creative yeah. about how you would approach uh, hacking this company, breaching uh, the, the perimeter or, or getting into the crown jewels. There are probably certain different ways how internally you would think that would happen, but uh, we often find that you know external external uh, parties come up with, with even even crazier scenarios. Exactly. Um, so as we are, you know, going to that discussion of, uh, you know, commercial and, um, and and internal, do you believe there is uh, both of those should work together? Like, uh, what I'm trying to get is, we oftentimes talk about should a cyber team know about pen tester uh, being being performed, right? That's that's often the thing that that pops up because it's, on some point you want to, to test also their preparedness and their robustness and uh, readiness to respond. But on the other hand, should they block? If a customer comes to you with that question, should we should I notify our our blue team about your services being performed? What do you what do you respond usually? Yeah, so it's a good question. Uh, it's something that has happened in the past. Uh, but what I usually advise is that to, for them, like to actually understand what they want uh, from 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 the assessment itself. If they want, just like you, like you mentioned, if they want to test the the capabilities of defense and reaction and response and also communication from the cyber defense team that they have. That's fair enough to just keep it quiet. Only very few people in, in the in the organization are briefed, and and, and that that's pretty much it. That, that's okay, but in many cases, this is just not really required. Like in many cases, it's like let's say your everyday like average uh, assessment. And I think that yeah, as many people like briefed as possible, uh, the, the better for the assessment. Uh, as many. The information we can get, like say documentation, access to the engineers, and so on, also like even better. So, so this gives us. So essentially, you come like a third party coming with this fresh perspective that Bart just talked about, but with the same advantages as the internal team that has access to the engineers, has access to documentation, maybe source code snippets, and so on. So I think you combine best of both worlds in this situation. But then again, uh, if you want to test preparedness and readiness and and whatnot yeah I, I agree that keeping just like a few stakeholders aware of what's going on that that's a fair point mm -hmm. okay so I will make a pivot now to uh, last question that I have for both of you uh, and I want for your, your your really honest honest answers so how do you keep your team your your offensive team? Uh, engaged and excited about pen tests. Uh, are you promising that they will find something? Are you hyping uh, the you know the, the hunt for for bugs for breach for uh, crown jewels? Uh, that's uh, th that's actually something that how to keep the like the team engaged and so on. I think one of the things is probably trying to come up with 
also like different sort of engagements because I would say the excitement's still there for uh, for a lot of people, you know. So when when it comes to like yeah, like perhaps maybe not so much, you know, when we're talking about like a compliance like checkbox pen test, but especially if they are focused on new technologies or, for example. Customers that say that, yeah, this is going to be like a long engagement of a couple of weeks, open scope, we have crown jewels and objectives, and this is going to be fun to kind of really use your all your skills, your two sets, and go for it. Usually, this kind of engagements are actually very uh, exciting for everyone. Um, and uh, engagements that have uh, new technologies involved that they force at least the ones that are more technically inclined and so on to learn new things and to challenge themselves as well. Kind of that they say that, okay, I might not find anything in this, in this assessment. If I don't learn this and this other technology, like say, for example, just tell me to GraphQL like, okay, I know nothing about GraphQL, but I have to brush up on this topic and, and learn new things. And I think this is when people get uh, excited is when, especially when they encounter New technology, new things that they haven't, that they don't, they don't see on on a on a daily basis, uh, and I think that might be a little less excitement when it's your just your regular, you no know, compliance checkbox kind of scanning or pen testing. I don't think this actually all, all makes people super happy, unless they're like starting their careers. So when they're starting their careers, I think anything is is new, anything's exciting, um, but but like. Yeah, for people that with a bit more experience, this would not really be enough to keep them uh, excited and engaged. Cool, Jules. So what I got is rotate, make it fresh, allow for people to grow, and adjust the task to uh, skill and expertise level. So Bart, over to you. How do you keep uh, our team excited about offensive tasks? Yeah, so uh, I, I luckily work with people that are very enthusiastic about uh, everything they do. Uh, Offensive security included, uh, but uh, you know, from my perspective, I, I mostly oversee internal assessments. So whenever uh, there is a finding, I try to be very, like I try to celebrate every small win, uh, so that people who work on, on these offensive security assessments, they feel like their uh, their input is very valued, and uh, and there actually are some. Uh, follow-up actions. So whatever they provide, it doesn't go to dev null. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all, every time it's actioned. And I also try to be very supportive whenever I can, whenever there is a new idea, um, maybe some new, new program or you know, any idea that can get us to the point where we are more secure than we were yesterday. I try to be very supportive, and, and I think that so far it's been working. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, Bart. So uh, to sum up our today's episode, uh, the key takeaway that really resonated through and through our today's meeting is pen testing is not about just checking the box. It's about bringing current and future value to your team and company. Also, a well-constructed pen test report can give you huge leverage for getting exec buy-in. Internal audits in particular are powerful in driving that change. And of course, 
good pen tester and penetration testing experts need to be client facing. How do you deliver news and provide solutions is just as important as the results of the report. And uh, thank you for today's um, appearance with me, but I also prepared something as a quote to close out this episode. So I would like to share a quote that encapsulate how and why penetration is so much more uh, like a science uh, pursuit to not only looking for bugs in your security defenses, but also in gaining a deeper understanding of, of them so you can better predict and plan for them in the future. So I'll end up with Brian Schmidt, a Nobel Prize winner for his discovery of dark energy, who said, science is not, despite how it's often portrayed, about absolute truths. It's about developing an understanding of the world, making predictions, and then testing those predictions. Thank you both for um, indulging with me with uh, that amazing discussion. I was super hyped about having both of you in this room. And thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks. Thanks for digging into these topics with us today. We hope you got some valuable insights from the episode. Please share your comments. Give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Security Sandbox is produced by Relativity. Our theme music was created by Monarch. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit relativity.com for more episodes.